0: everybody, once again to the Hands-On Theology podcast, where we try to take the theology of the Bible and apply it in practical ways to our everyday lives. I'm John Davis, Senior Minister at Columbia Christian Church, uh, and today I do not have my regular guest, my wife Jennifer, with me, but we have a, a special guest on the podcast, Chad Landman. Uh, Chad is going to be helping us think through... Kids and Technology, and Chad is especially qualified to speak into this topic uh, for his experience in teaching and researching and uh, his experience with tech and all of this area. So uh, real quick, Chad, I'm going to throw it over to you, and I want you to kind of introduce yourself, tell us where you're from, uh, where you where you work, where you serve, what your family life is like, but also give us a background into um, your experience in this particular area, parenting, kids, and technology.
1: Sure. So uh, thanks, John, again, for having me on the show, and uh, I really appreciate uh, you thinking of me. Uh, my name is Chad Landman, and I work at the Graymere Church Christ in Columbia, Tennessee, not Columbia, Kentucky, um, but I work at the Graymere Church Christ. I'm the education minister here. Uh, I've been doing this for almost seven years here. Before that, I was in youth ministry uh, working with kids uh, and primarily teenagers, and um, I guess the, the main thing that I would say that my responsibility here is, is obviously to uh, coordinate all of our adult and children's Bible classes. And so with a church of uh, over 500, that, that's actually quite a big job. And uh, it's one of those deals where there's a, there's a never-ending list of things to do all the time. And I'm sure any ministers or pastors would understand that, uh, always having uh, too much to do. And um, it's, a, it's a very rewarding job. Uh, it's a very good one. Um, and I love to, uh, to love to help out families. One, one of the things that I actually do in addition to that is I do work with technology. I work with the, uh, the website and the design and different things like that here for the church. Uh, I'll design all of our print um, stuff that we do, all of the things of the banners and different things like that. But I will help out families with technology. And actually, I'm really glad you asked me to be on the show and talk a little bit about the background of this uh, thing, how it got started. It actually got started at this church before I was even employed here. And so uh, I actually got asked by the, one of the previous youth uh, ministers that we had. He wanted me to come over. I was about 30 minutes away at a church um, across the, the highway here. And he asked me, he's like, hey, I want you to come do three or four Wednesday nights for Bible study. I want you to come and talk to our parents uh, about like, you know, he didn't even know what to call it. He called it Internet safety at the point and this was back in about 2013. And he called it internet safety. I want you to talk about internet safety for parents. And I kind of came up with this idea about this, this digital parenting. It's not the first time that, um, that phrase had been used, but I kind of adopted it and said, okay, this is, not, this is not necessarily gonna be a parenting class, but it has a lot to do with our parenting. And it has a lot to do with the digital space and the, the ever growing space that we find ourselves in. And I think you, you look back, you know, five, seven, uh, eight years ago, and see how far and how much more we depend on these devices. It seems like every single year, uh, especially with something like COVID happening, um, I think that um, these devices have become I- extensions of ourselves. And so with that, we are the generation of parents uh, that have grown up uh, not having these. If you're you know, anywhere from 35 to 50 listening to this podcast, you probably did not have these kinds of devices growing up, but very young, you were able to get uh, the Internet. I know I got the Internet, quote unquote, in high school uh, and in my home for the first time. Uh, I didn't get my first smart device until I was almost uh, 25 years old. Um, and so that and the iPhone didn't even come out until I was 26. And so it's it's interesting to think about that we have lived in both areas. So we understand, as this generation of parents, we understand the dangers. We understand uh, all those different things. The problem in that that I'm seeing is that our some of our parents don't know how to translate those teachings and don't know how to teach their kids uh, to be responsible digital citizens. And that's one of the big things that I really talk about all the time is, you're going to have to pass down. You're going to have to do the things that are necessary to, one, keep your child protected. Uh, you have to protect your children. You are their protectors. Um, you are not their friends. And so don't, don't even try to be. You're their protectors. And it's your job as a parent, as, as a Christian parent, uh, God has entrusted you to protect that child first and foremost and to bring them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. And that is our first responsibility. But when we think about those subsequent responsibilities, we're living our lives in this digital space every single day. Uh, Kids these days are—I'm forty. I can say kids these days, right? Yeah,
0: Um, yeah, you're forty, thirty-six,
1: right? And so I'm—I'm to that age where I can say the kids these days, you know. And so kids these days are living on these devices and, and. and we as adults would like to think that we're not addicted to these screens. We would like to think, uh, we don't we don't need those screens. But in fact, we're just as uh, prone to the addiction aspect. just as prone to looking at our phones too much as, as kids are, except with kids, it's part of their identity. Uh, it's part of who they are. It's an extension of their their fingers and hands uh, having having this device and having these devices. And so I have for the last seven years, Uh, Starting with Graymier, I've done almost zero promotion, um, self-promotion for something like this. It's just really snowballed into going to different churches, different organizations. I've been blessed to be able to go across the country and talk to parents about uh, how they can be better digital parents. And um, I've done 61 of my um, digital parenting workshops is what I call them. (laughs) <laughs> and that has been, yeah, it's been, it's been a ride. So I did, I think I did 17 in one year and I said, never again,
0: well, never, yeah. I'm not
1: going to do that many. And it, and it's just, uh, it's, I've slowed down quite a bit. Of course, COVID slowed down a lot of stuff quite a bit. Um, but yeah, 61 of them over the last seven and a half years or so. And, um, I think it's been very helpful for a lot of people and, um, it was just something that I saw a need and, um, and I went after it.
0: Yeah, that's, that's really nice. I, I want to say a couple little biographical things. Um, I think Chad and I got connected. Um, I got connected to Chad because um, somehow over Twitter, over the Internet, or something like that, I saw a, a convergence of a couple different things that usually don't converge in people's lives, whereas uh, Chad was in ministry. He was in a Church of Christ, which I grew up in a Church of Christ, and he was super into tech, and that is a combination that I don't find often. So I started kind of following Chad on the internet and learning about him, and listening to a podcast that he did on a lot of different tech stuff that interested me a lot. Kind of nerdy stuff, honestly, but um, oh, to yeah. me it was right down my alley. And that kind of kind of goes right into one thing you were saying is you were talking about how when you were in high school, you guys got the internet. Um, we didn't, me and you, we didn't grow up with smartphones. I didn't get a cell phone until I was 16, but it was a um, call-text-only phone, what we would call a dumb phone right. now. Yep. And, um, when, but when I was in fifth grade, we got our first internet connection with a, a really weird, now thinking about it, AOL homepage dial-up kind of thing. <laughs> but from the very beginning, and I was in fifth grade, from the very beginning, I was light years ahead of my parents and they never caught yep. up and it's not their fault it's it's you know no no knock on them they didn't know how but i was it really
1: is a generational thing it yes. really is
0: yes and they they saw the utility of having the internet at home and how helpful that could have been um but it didn't take very long at all to where i found all kinds of ways that um that that could feed my my sinful flesh and then I found out how to hide it from them and they never caught up, I mean ever. And yep. you know, no, not a knock on them, they just didn't grow up in that world. Right. So I, and, I totally uh, know what you're talking about.
1: And, and you know, that is one of the things that, that really I tell parents about is like, you know, I, I know that you have good kids and I don't try to come from the perspective of, all of your kids are bad, they're gonna do bad things, this is how you lock everything down. I, I hopefully I don't come from that perspective all the time. But however, we cannot afford to be naive and think that, oh, my, kid, my kid's a good kid. He's doing nothing wrong on his very private device and yeah. private accounts. Oh, yeah. uh, kids, I remind parents all the time, kids are going to be kids. Uh, they're going to make bad decisions. They're going to make irrational decisions and have irrational thoughts and things like that. And, and we're going to have to do everything that we can uh, to protect them, plain and simple.
0: Yeah, Chad. It's not a. It's not a knock on the kids. It's not a knock on the parents. Um, it's just a, a reality of kids being human beings. Because when when I was young, um, you would have had a lot of people tell my parents that's a really good kid. But that good kid found a whole lot of ways to feed his sinful desires that any yeah. anybody has on the internet uh, with tools on the internet. So um, this is like a. It's like a reality that we want to help people to face. That's. Um, I think if we're not, uh, if we're not looking at square in the face, it's easy to suppress that truth and to act like it's not there. And then to, to reap the consequences later.
1: And and you're exactly right. And, you know, I, I always kind of use the illustration in in my talks and I say, you know, I've got a, I've got a seven year old right now. Um, is that your, is that your only kid? No, no, no. I have a 10 year old, a seven year old and a four year
0: old, all boys. Okay. Gotcha. I've got a, I've got a 10 year old boy and a eight year old girl.
1: Okay, good, yep. good. You've got some balance then. I have no balance in my life. <laughs> it's all boy all the time. So, uh but no, it's I've got a 7-year-old boy and he is he is wonderful. He is active, but he does exactly what 7-year-old boys do now and he does exactly the opposite of what I tell him to do. Um I will look at him with the dad face and I will I will motion, you know, come here, come here right now. And he will smile at me and turn around and run the opposite yeah. direction. I mean, that's just that's exactly how 6 and 7-year-olds work. And There is no way in the world that I would take him to a park that was beside a busy road that did not have a fence or some kind of barrier or protection and not watch him and just hope that he didn't get hurt.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I would
1: never take that strategy with my child in a physical way. So why are parents taking that strategy with their child in a digital way? Uh, We give them these phones a lot of and you know I'll I'll, I see a lot of parents that still do this despite all the education that's out there about this subject now Um, they give their children phones that are completely untethered completely unlocked Mm -hmm. um, Don't have any restrictions set. They don't have any boundaries whatsoever. And of course They're gonna be kids. Yeah, they're going to get into things that they shouldn't it is our job to protect them and to help them not see those things and again i preach really big on these things that it is so important for you and your spouse um, to have a plan to be a team and to have a strategic plan or outline for your child's digital development just as 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 much as we would have it for their physical development as much as we'd go get immunizations we'd go get um, all sorts of different things that we we have to do doctor checkups all these other different things physical weight. Healthy food. Um, we do the things in school. We get the check. We do the benchmarks in school and yeah. the testing and different things like that. I we do that. So we need to have a plan also for their digital development because it, it's not it's not going to get any it's not going to get any less. Uh, we're not going to be less technology dependent in the future. We're we're going to become more and more technology dependent uh, every passing year, and so it's important for you and your spouse for for parents in general. Uh, to to have a strategy, whether it's written out, whether it's on the fridge, whether whatever. um, It's important to have a written strategy out and know exactly where you're going to be going um, with these things and have them, uh, you know, almost a a graduation strategy. Hmm. Because what happens, what happens when your child is 18 and goes to college? What if they've had, what if you've sheltered them so much that they've had zero experience with any of these things, social media, YouTube, all these other different things. I've heard from parents that say, you know what, we're not having any of it. They're gonna see it at college. And so do you want them to that to be their first exposure? No, of course not. Do you want them to get their first mobile phone or first smartphone when they're 18, 19 years old? I don't think so. Hmm, what you nice. wanna do is you want you wanna get, and there's no certain age, you know your child better than anybody, but there's no certain age. You want to give that child a list of responsibilities that come along with a, a smart device. If you give them one for Christmas this year, you know, it's getting to the holiday season and you've got a child that's that that's 13. I don't recommend any child before 13 getting their own smartphone. Um, iPad's a little bit different and, and things like that. But mm-hmm. as far as a, they're having their own phone, I would say 13 years old is about the minimum. And you want that child to 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 wade in ankle deep you don't want them to jump in to the 20-foot olympic-sized pool deep end first you want them to be able to just kind of wade in and get their feet wet and you graduate them up as they as you build trust and um, again that just comes back to the the fact of that we've got to do the work to make that happen uh, we've got to do the research youtube Google is some of your best friends at fighting uh, these things and finding out things about apps that your kids want to download, games that they want to play, uh, all sorts of different things. So it's, it's very important for us to basically just um, you know, pay attention pretty much.
0: Yeah. yeah, Chad mentioned a couple of things, and, and it really resonates with me as a parent here. Um, number one, it would be foolishness of me at this point and me and my wife at this point in our kids' age for, for us to give them a phone wide open. Uh, like an okay. iPhone, and just, you know, kind of say, you take it, you keep it, you do whatever you want with it, wherever you want, you know, in your in your room, whatever. Um, it makes me think of Jesus's words in Matthew 18, where he said, whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him to have a great millstone fastened around his neck and to be drowned in the depths of the sea. Now, Jesus has got extraordinarily strong language there, and I am not indicating hey you know parents those of you who have given your kids unrestricted phone access it would be better if you would be drowned um not saying that but you can see how how seriously jesus takes the protection of little people of kids the protection of children and their spiritual lives and the protection of them before they they have the ability to discern what is and is not sin what is and is not evil um, before they have the ability to to make these decisions like we do as adults it also made me think of Proverbs 29:15, where it says, "The rod and reproof give wisdom, but a child left to himself brings shame to his mother." Um, I quote that
1: passage very often as do, well. Yeah. To Proverbs yeah. 29. I do.
0: Yeah, so that'd be a that'd be a theme throughout Proverbs. Is you know you leave children to themselves. That's a way of saying you know we don't really care about you. Um, right. So protection and discipline are essential in forming our kids in the way that. Um, not only to be mature adults, but to be godly people later on in their lives. So I love that you you hit at that. Let me, Let me direct you a little bit different, of, different uh, a little bit different way here. Let's say we're talking about kids who do have smart devices. You're saying 13 and up. I think that's that's really good to give parents some actual actual practical guidance. So let's get more practical and more detailed. What are some ways once, once parents get into that age where, it, okay, it's time to start, building trust with our kids with a device like this. What are some things that they initially need to be putting on that device, deleting from the device, um, strategies on how to protect their kids as their kids are on the device, things that you go through in in your parenting seminars, and um, just just go through any of that in whatever way you want to take it.
1: Okay. So the first thing that, that I think that we need to realize is the differences between Apple and Android. And so if your family is primarily an Android family, then probably wanna stick with with Android. If they're primarily an iOS family, stick with what you know, stick with iOS and Apple. Um, The good good thing about, there are positives and negatives to each platform. The good thing about iOS is that it's mostly gonna be the same across devices. And you cannot say that uh, the same for Android devices. And the thing about this is, is that non-tech-savvy parents will walk into a cell phone store and every phone looks the same. It's a black rectangle with a, yeah, with a really a colorful screen and a phenomenal uh, you know, c- camera on it these days. And so it's just a phone. And it has the same apps, right? It runs the same stuff. No, Apple and Google treat privacy very differently. Yeah. And so you're going to have to figure out which one that, that you want your children to have. Um, at one point, uh, Google was treating privacy as far as, um, they were very open on their phones, allowing you to add more parental controls to it. Apple was not. And at one point, six, seven years ago, I was actually not recommending phones. If you were looking to move or looking to have great parental controls, you really couldn't find it on iPhones. Hmm. And that was very sad to me as an Apple guy. (laughs) And then Apple actually came up and allowed a lot of apps to come on the store. They allowed a lot of, they improved their parental controls on the device. And so what I would say for any kind of device, if you're starting out, of course, is just start with what's on the device already. Start with Screen Time on iOS and start with Digital Wellbeing on Android. And that's an app I think you probably have to download, but most of the time it's gonna look the same on every Android device. And from there, you can fine-tune any kind of setting you want. Um, if you have a young child, uh, you should really start from the, from the standpoint of locking everything down and then opening things up slowly as yeah. you build trust with that child, as you figure out, okay, this app is going to be okay. This app is not okay. Uh, I would always be wary of, of YouTube, especially, even YouTube Kids. Uh, YouTube Kids has been known to have some... Uh, things that are on it that if the kids have autoplay enabled and it, the algorithm just pick, picks it up, within three, four, five videos, you're looking at something that's that's not necessarily appropriate. And so I think they've done a good job at cleaning up a lot of that. But at the same time, it's it's still YouTube. It's still YouTube Kids. Um, yeah, we've I would absolutely. Yeah, go ahead.
0: We, we well, I was going to say you, we've seen with our kids um, YouTube Kids not only every now and then you get something that you think shouldn't be on YouTube kids. But then also there is, there's a whole nother branch of stuff to worry about as Christians, which is the, um, the indoctrination, the teaching that they're implicitly getting from whatever videos. And I mean, you'll have all kinds of stuff on there that is teaching your kids something that you think is completely unbiblical, but it's, you know, deemed by YouTube as a kid friendly thing.
1: Right. And I'll go ahead and just come out and say it. it's, you know, teachings about uh, um, different um, gender roles and homosexuality yeah. Yeah. And, and things like that that my wife and I have had discussions about, okay, well, there's this movie, but there's a character in this movie that is this way, and they don't necessarily point that out to you. And the kids watching, my kids watching it probably wouldn't even realize that. But at normative. the same time, it's just, it's just normative. And, and, it's, and it's one of those things, again, I don't want to be hostile uh, towards, towards those people. And I don't want to be hostile towards anybody who has that. I would right. just want to say that that is a teaching that I do not agree with and that my, my, I don't want my kids to see. So again, that's some of those things that you need to be aware of as well.
0: Yep. Yeah. Our, I mean, when we were growing up, Disney was, Disney was discipling us and we didn't know it Right, um, Disney was teaching us that we could be whoever we wanted to be, and you follow your heart. And um, some of the things that we learned were, were good, and some of them were not so good. And so we've just got to we've got to understand it's not just the um, the sinful content that we're watching, you know, explicit stuff or whatever pornography. It's also the 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 teaching. It's it's the indoctrination, the ideology, I should say of these things.
1: Right. It absolutely is. And, and your kids are going to learn quite a bit from that. And they're going to come away with the ideas that you let them watch. Um, and they're going to adopt those things and have those things in their minds and in their hearts. And so you've got to make sure that you know what they're watching. One of the, you know, the penultimate rules that I have, especially for smaller kids, is that their screens never get to go to their bedrooms. Nice. Um, our boys, our boys have little tablets and we allow them to use them a certain amount of time during the day especially on long summer days or long winter days where we're at home. And the thing is, they can't take those, them to their rooms because I can't see the screen, I can't hear. We don't allow them to have headphones either. Yep. I, can't, I can't hear what's going on. Um, we have, and I, I can actually probably pull it up. Well, I can't pull it up for you, my routers. I thought I had a longer cord on it. But we've got a, a Wi-Fi system called Eero. And I'm a big fan of Eero. I've, I've always been a big fan of them, even if they were, even since they were bought by Amazon. Uh, They give you a really nice app um, that allows you to fine-tune and control these things. You can lock down almost anything that you want. Um, Case in point, my 10-year-old is brilliant. Uh, He manages to find all sorts of loopholes and different things on his iPad. What he found was that if he went into the settings app, which you cannot hide the settings app on an iPad. I don't know why, but you can't hide it. Um, You can't hide the settings app. He goes into the settings app. He goes under passwords and he can click on the certain passwords and it will bring up a tiny window right in the middle of the screen that he can then scroll around on. It's used to change the password on the on the website, but he used it to browse YouTube unrestricted. Wow. And so when we figured that out. I said, well, there's not going to be any more of that. And so I blocked youtube.com, google.com, all those different websites. I blocked them on his device and I can pinpoint it on his from device the router. from the router. I don't gotcha. have to do any special kind of things on the iPad. It just does not allow you to do that. Now it is a hassle when we need to update that iPad, when we need to download an app for him. It's a whole big process of like turning everything off, doing the thing, then turning everything back on. But at the same time, if, if that prevents him from seeing something or doing something that, that I don't agree with or that he shouldn't do, then it's worth it.
0: Yeah, the hassles are worth it. That, I, would, I would say that to anybody who is parenting kids through these digital waters or anybody, any adult who is struggling with you know, browsing inappropriate websites, looking at inappropriate things yourself, The hassle, you have got to put fences around yourself that are hard for you to get over, and the hassle is worth it. Jesus said in Matthew 5, if your right eye causes you to sin, gouge it out, throw it away, because it's better for you to go to heaven with one and go to hell with two. So the idea of, like, let's do whatever it takes for the spiritual well-being of our kids, and if that means, you know, hassle of not being able to get on this website or having to type in a password a couple more times a day, that's fine. It's, it's worth right.
1: it. And another factor on that would be, you know, the money that it costs. And so yes. I, would, I would absolutely recommend a couple of apps and a couple of different services, like the Eero service that I just talked about. You have to buy the routers, but then that service is actually three bucks a month.
0: Yeah, and those Eero routers are, are not inexpensive in themselves.
1: They're they're not and and again it's if it's probably if you can have your own internet Wi-Fi router then I would absolutely recommend them. There's a lot of other uh, internet routers that are a little bit cheaper that duplicate that kind of functionality. But again, we're talking about you know we always talk about nickel and diamonds us to death about this stuff. Subscriptions here, subscriptions there, three bucks a month here, five bucks a month there. It's like if, if for the price of a cup of coffee. You'll be able to prevent your child from seeing something that they're not supposed to. Oh yeah, supposed to
0: see. Yeah, I mean this is one of those things that's worth the money.
1: Right, and so that's what I also encourage parents is that is that if it's free, it's probably not the best, and if you're paying for it, then at least you've got something that you're you're invested in and you're paying for, it and and it's probably going to be worth it. And Eero is, it's really really fantastic. Yeah. Um, Go ahead. I'm sorry.
0: Those those zero those routers. I was going to say, um, number one, they're just excellent to get really, really good coverage of your house and really fast internet speeds to what, whatever you're paying for. So they're good in that yep. way. But then on top of that, that's a that's a great uh, a great thing to know about those routers is you can from the router level you can you know block certain devices, you can restrict certain devices, and that's that's a really really easy way to do this kind of thing that many parents might not even know exists.
1: Right. And again, check with your internet service provider. They may have a tool for you to do that. I know Comcast um, has a tool for that. I know AT&T has a tool for that. Uh, They might not be as good. It might not be as user friendly. Uh, But still, it may be one of those things that you can just add on to your plan or it may be built into your existing plan and you're just not using it. So make sure to check those out as well
0: yeah good let's let's keep going on that same idea Um, you know you talked about Android and Apple devices Um, what about um, other things that parents can do if their kids are just entering into that uh, phase of life and you, you talked about starting from zero with the apps and you know going backwards and kind of deleting everything and making sure okay what what should we allow what are some other things that parents need to be thinking about with these kind of devices especially smartphones
1: well, as we kind of get, you know, little kids, it's, it's, it's almost easier to manage small children mm-hmm. where it becomes difficult is when you get older children and when you get teenagers and when you get teenagers who want to have that degree of privacy on their phone, as far as private conversations and things like that. But then you still have to be the one and the parents and the protectors, and you still have to be protecting them at the same time. Um, I would, you know, 13 is my magical number. Um, for most parents that I tell, I say no social media or no, um, no device of your own to carry around with you until you're 13 years old. And even that, as far as social media is concerned, um, is way too early. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: I don't, I, I've looked a lot and I've read a lot into um, the impacts of social media on teenagers, particularly during the pandemic, um, where that's all they had to do. Uh, was, Mm -hmm. was, you know, surf TikTok and and Instagram and things like that. And it has been, it's not a mystery here. It has been proven that some of these things are having a profoundly negative impact uh, on our teenagers, both teenage boys and girls. And uh, that is something that you have to keep track of, that you have to keep aware of, um, that your child is going to be exposed to all these things and have the the world at their fingertips. There's an unlimited amount of information at their fingertips. Um, And again, you're going to have to make sure that um, if you are allowing them to be on a certain social network, that you are on that social network with them. And I think that's incredibly important. You're going to be allowed or should be allowed to follow them and to see what they post and to see all the different things that they like and retweet and all these other different things. Um, I would recommend when you're starting out at you know, 14, 15 years old, you don't allow them to have more than about three or four different accounts because you can really go crazy with that and have an account at every single thing and really just kind of limit their scope uh, for the first few years and, again, while they're getting their feet wet on social media. Social media is, is a is a fantastic tool. You know, I often think about, John, I think about what would the apostles have done with, with social media? Yeah, what would what would Paul have done with with this technology that we have today? and um, the answer to that is they would have used it to glorify God in all things. I would they agree. would have used they would have used it to to pinpoint to point people to Jesus and we need to have that same kind of thinking behind this. Um, and I think we've all seen I don't have to name, name any specifics, but we have all seen the negative impact that misinformation has, the negative impact that um, all sorts of different things can have uh, with people reading what appears to be truth on the internet. And um, we don't want our kids to fall into that category as well. Um, Believe it or not, they are paying more attention to us as adults than than we think. Um, They are looking to us. They are looking at Facebook and seeing You know how the old people, Facebook is full of old people now, and um, they're looking to see how the old people react, how what they're talking about, and all sorts of different things. They're looking to you as the example, and so we need to understand where they're going to learn from, and we have to guide them. We have to hold their hands a little bit, uh, and and really teach them the proper way to be a good social, uh, good digital citizen, rather.
0: Yeah. So a couple of things that Chad just mentioned there that I want to reiterate um, kind of in summary. So number one, he talked about um, given this is just a a very simple, basic parenting strategy, but giving your kids a little bit of a leash and then, you know, having them prove that, that, that you can trust them with that and then giving them a little more. For instance, we talked about you give them your first device. And then, you know, can I trust you with the use of this device? And then you give them their, their first social media account. Can I trust you with this? And we've got to have ways that I can tell if I, I am being able to trust you or not. Um, Chad, you know this, but from, from the very beginning when we've had kids, there has been this constant theme over and over again as parents of, okay, if I, if I inconvenience myself and do the hard work now, it will pay off later. But if I'm lazy mm-hmm. now... I will suffer the consequences later. I mean, it was like that when the kids were babies. It's it's like that when the kids are toddlers. It's going to be like that with all of this digital stuff, too. So, parents, we've got to do the uncomfortable work of, okay, if I'm going to let my kid be on Instagram, then I'm going to have to be on there and figure it out and follow them and make sure that they're open to me as, uh, as fully as possible or else – you know, we've got an understanding that I, I can't trust you unless you do this, this way. So giving the kids a little bit of a leash and then having them prove that, you know, you can trust them and then letting it out a little more so that, like you said, slowly but surely we're preparing them to go out into the real world and make their own decisions like that. Is that kind exactly. of what you're saying?
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's, a, again, I had a, there's a, there's a fellow minister here and he's actually the president at Freed University now that he said something that I'll never forget. And that is, we have to parent with the end in mind and the end doesn't come when we're old and retired and and we pass away the end of our daily parental influence really comes when that child decides to leave the home yeah really comes when that child leaves for college or leaves for that first job at age 20 21 22. what have we taught them up to that point to allow them to function in the world? What have we taught them to make good decisions both in the digital world and in the physical world? And so that's the things that we really need to think about.
0: Yeah, my my dad says over and over again, um, because myself and my sisters are all grown now, he, he tells us, because we're parents, you guys have to do everything you can to say when your kids get to that point you've you've you know, you've done everything that you could have done. You're not you don't have any regrets. You you've You know, kind of giving them your best, and now it's up to them. So um, I totally get that that strategy and that feeling. Absolutely. Um, We've talked about so we've talked about devices, we've talked about routers. Is there anything that you talk about often in your digital parenting seminars that we haven't talked about that you think would be good for parents to start thinking about this when it comes to kids and technology? Anything that we haven't gone over really?
1: So you know, in early in this uh, workshop, I used to have a laundry list of tools and, and resources and, and a laundry list of just uh, apps that you could download and you could pick which one you liked the most. I really only recommend two apps now, and they're both available on Android and iOS. A- and the first of which is Our Pact, OURPACT. And uh, it's a really good app for all ages. And it allows you, it kind of duplicates a lot of functionality that you could recreate with something like an Eero Wi-Fi router or with screen time. But it gives you a little bit of a simplified interface. It allows you to monitor a little bit deeper. I think it allows monitoring of text messaging. So if that's important to you, um, that, would be, um, that would be something that you'd pick out. It's really good. Again, it, they're going to charge you. It's going to be three, four, five bucks a month. Yeah. Uh, but again, if it's something that works for you, then I would en- endeavor t- um, you to look at that. And the second app that I uh, usually recommend, specifically for older teens, especially driving teens, is Life360, and this is a really popular app. Every time I mention it, a lot of people know what it is. In fact, there's usually always a parent in the crowd that, that uses it. And it's, uh, I call it, <laughs> I call it super uh, duper low jack for your kids, because you can find them anywhere they want, anywhere you want to. Nice. Uh,
0: yep. When
1: they're driving, you can actually determine Plus or minus, you know, five miles an hour. How what speed they're going? You can see if wow. they're speeding or not. It's wow. really really fantastic. They have a lot of other features, a lot of other uh, local crime alerts. If you allow your child to go out in town or something, and there's a crime that's committed blocks away, it'll notify you. Uh, there's low battery um, alerts and things. It'll send a low battery notification to you to your parents. All sorts of different things. Uh, it's really really nice and. Um, it's, it's geared around really just, again, the protection of your children. Um, one thing I forgot to mention at the beginning, and this is just one of those kind of duh things that you just kind of just take advantage of, because I'm a nerd and I think about this stuff, but that is on your child's devices, um, don't, don't ever allow them to enable location. Um, don't ever now allow them to enable any kind of location services unless it's used for like, weather or google maps
0: you you mean like Uh, the apps that ask to use your location
1: right so twitter and um instagram really want to they really want to know gps location because that just gives them one more data point to to put in your post and but your but kids do not need to know that and the number one thing that that um child uh, predators do is that they will follow your child on social media first
0: oh yeah and if that app has access to where your child's posting from.
1: Right. And so yeah. sometimes if, if your child is a big uh, social media user and posts a lot and stuff, and if they're out on a Friday night with their buddies, they can just follow them around where they went. Yeah. And that's dangerous. And so we don't need to, we don't need to enable those things. Instagram does not need to know where you're posting from. Sometimes, obviously, if you're putting a picture up of, it's some, of a location, then it's obvious, right? Right. But sometimes it's not. Uh, Facebook likes to do that as well. Um, in fact, other apps just, just disable that when it comes up on that dialogue, when you first download the app, it says that this such and such, TikTok wants to use your location, just automatically default to no. And, um, they're not going to be able to track you at least location wise. And so yeah. that's just some things to, to kind of keep aware of that those two apps that I mentioned, location services always need to be off. Um, just some kind of, uh, awareness on that and make sure that, um, the, one of the last things I would say is, uh, it, it feels like a violation of your, of your child's privacy when you take their device and physically look at it and physically look at the things that they have on their device. Um, but you need to do that. You need to be doing yeah. that. And you need to be taking their device and looking at it. Uh, and again, you need to reinforce that you're the parent and, and you make the rules and that you are allowing the, that, ch- that child to use this device. Um, it's not their device. You're you're renting it from them. And so again, the mentality and the perspective is very important to have uh, when we're trying to teach our kids uh, about these things.
0: Yeah, you, you said earlier the idea that we're we're not trying to be our kids' as friends. We're we're protecting them and we're trying to shepherd their hearts and their souls. So right. you know, you can come at this from a standpoint of listen, these are these are just the rules if you wanna have this device. If you wanna have a, a smartphone, you're gonna have location three sixty on your, your device. If you wanna have a social media account, you're going to give me the password and let me check up on it and let me follow you and, and all of that stuff. And, and all of it is is for your kids' own benefit, but it's like, you know, when your kids are little and you're making them eat their vegetables and they're complaining about it and they don't understand. It's going to be like that when they're teenagers too. Um, right. We all, I think, want to reach a point to where we are friends with our kids. But I'll tell you right now, when we were growing up, we thought the the, the guys and the girls who had the parents who let them do whatever the heck they wanted to – we thought initially that those were cool parents and it didn't take us too long to realize those were really bad parents.
1: Now, the people, you know, we have a, we have a little kids program uh, every Sunday night and we have a guy, um, we call him Mr. Jody. And he, oftentimes he will talk to those little kids and say, people that don't care about you don't love you. And people that care about you are, they protect you. They have rules. Rules are, yeah. are out of love and that is what you're doing. Don't feel like an evil parent. I I cannot tell you, John, how many times I've had uh, 20-something-year-old kids, I've had parents of those kids come to me and say, you know, I wish my mom and dad would have been able to listen to somebody like you when I was growing up. Yeah. I wish that I'd have had more rules. I wish that I would have been sheltered a little bit or protected a little bit from these things. And maybe I wouldn't have made mistake X Y Z, and so it really, really is going to pay dividends. It's going to be difficult. I, I tell parents this is not. I'm not going to try to shoot, sugarcoat it for you. It is going to be a battle every single day, especially with your teenagers. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be a battle every single day, but in the long run, what kind of effect is this going to have on your child's uh, development, their their digital development? But also, their status as a citizens of god's kingdom um, what what kind of thing are we thinking about with that? and so that's what I kind of try to get, encourage parents to to think about
0: yeah when you when you say um you know these rules are are because we love you it's you know you see this all the time. People look at the commands from god to to us in the Bible and think God's just trying to keep us from having fun. God's just trying to right. take our joy away, and really all of his commandments, especially all the prohibitions. Are about trying to protect us from destroying ourselves uh, right. and destroying our own joy, and so, with with that perspective, if we can be that kind of parent, because over and over again we've said, parents, you are you are essentially teaching your kids how to submit not just to you but to God. You you are God incarnate to your kids in a way. You're you're teaching your kids how to follow the Lord when you make them follow you and make them submit to you. So. Um, I think it's a wonderful perspective to come at this the way you're talking about it, um, parents. I, I, w- I want to give you some encouragement. This is hard. This is not easy. And I will again reiterate: when I was growing up, it, it didn't take me very long at all to surpass my parents in knowledge of technology and all this stuff. But parents, please don't, please don't be discouraged and then say, you know, throw your hands up and say, "Well, I can't, I can't figure it out, so I'll just give up." your kids or your grandkids, speaking to any grandparents who are watching kids a lot too, um, their souls are worth everything we can give, everything we can give. So do the hard work now, do as much as you can, even if you think you can't do it right, uh, because it's worth it for these kids' souls.
1: Couldn't have said it better, couldn't have said it better.
0: Um, Chad, how how can people connect with you online for more resources on this? So if you want to go to my website,
1: chadl.co, and you can find a bunch of different things there, but if you go to chadl.co slash DPW, that stands for Digital Parenting Workshop, uh, you can find a number of downloads there. Uh, You can find a lot of the stuff that I've talked about. You can find all of my slideshows there as well, and you can find a contact form. And uh, if you hear this podcast and you have a question about some things that we talked about, um, please fill that out and get in touch. I would love to try to help you if I can. But yeah, that's the way to get in touch with me. And then primarily on Twitter. I'm on Twitter all the time. Uh, just Chad Landman on Twitter, C-H-A-D-L-A-N-D-M-A-N.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much. Chad, I really appreciate you being on and sharing your wisdom because that's this is an area that you've got expertise in that most of us just don't. So I, I really appreciate it. And thank you for your time, brother.
1: Yeah, John, thank you very much. And thank you for thinking of me.
0: Absolutely. Uh, Guys, thank you so much for joining us on the Hands-On Theology podcast once again. Uh, As always, I want to end by mentioning Deuteronomy 32, 47, speaking about God's Word. Uh, They are not just idle words for you, they are your life. Hope to see you again in about a couple weeks, Lord willing. Until then, have a blessed next few weeks. See you guys.